Welcome to a new episode of the India Independent Films Podcast. Uh, this is Rahul Desai here. Uh, I have with me again my good friend and uh, colleague um, Tanul Thakur, who is the film critic for The Wire. Um, it is 2nd of May. It's obviously a big day for a lot of reasons uh, across the country right now. Uh, it's, of course, 100 years of Satyajit Ray, which you know we have been reminded of uh, several times. The internet. It is also the day Mamta Banerjee has won the election in Bengal, and uh, yeah, and Dhoni lost a match he shouldn't have lost yesterday. So it's <laughs> so it's 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 a fairly good day in in the middle of some dark times in this country. We obviously know why, uh, and of course, uh, most importantly for me and Tanul and both of us being film critics, uh, writing week to week, it's also very. A special day, special weekend in in a sense because we've actually gotten a film, uh, gotten to write about a film and talk about a f- uh, film now that we both have loved and it's an excellent film. It made waves uh, last year in Venice. It won awards. It's Shaitanya Tamane's second film, The Disciple. It's now streaming on Netflix finally. So for those who were asking since last year about you know the court filmmaker's next film. Uh, it's now streaming on Netflix. You have no excuses not to watch it. Uh, before we launch into, I'm sure will be a very dense and uh, and enjoyable uh, discussion because, uh, uh, of course, I've read Tanul's review. It's it's one of the best reviews out there. So please go read it. And we and we both have um, really uh, uh, you know found uh, things in the film that you know appeal to us personally. Tanul, let's uh, let's begin with. Uh, you and and you know the funny thing is I never mentioned it's a Marathi language film. It is of course incidental. You'll know why. Yeah. I, I even mention it in my review. It didn't even occur to me. It was not in a yeah. language, which is a great thing actually. So um, Tanul, let's start with you. Your reaction to the film? You saw it. You reviewed it recently. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, first of all, I mean, thanks a lot. I I read your piece and really liked it as well. It just, I mean, as as something that you said, it it just appeals to something that's so personal to us. I mean, not just as film critics and all of that. I mean, pursuing a niche profession, which I mean, so few uh, give uh, any fucks about. But uh, but other than that as well, I mean, I don't think you necessarily need to be doing that as well. I mean, the fact that uh, uh, we are in such a position or 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 or, or practice a profession, which really made it really personal for me for you as well. But but even otherwise, I think. Uh, it, it, it's a film that that will speak to a lot of people. Very interesting point about the Marathi language uh, mm. thing. I don't know if my review mentions it. I don't think it does. Uh, mm. And I I think it came to our mind, but I just I just didn't feel like writing it. I don't know. It, it was something. Or uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So what you said like uh, resonated with me on that level. Anyway, coming to <clears throat> the film. Uh, Rahul, do you want to first just briefly talk yeah. about just just uh, give like a line or two? I mean, you're better. Yeah, at, yeah. Uh, and yeah, then so I can for, just for, for the uninitiated <laughs> and for those who haven't watched it, of course, I'm sure a lot of you have watched it, and which is why you're listening to this podcast right now. For those who haven't, The Disciple is basically about uh, uh, an Indian classical musician, a vocalist, uh, an aspiring Indian classic called Sharad Nerulkar. He lives in Bombay, uh, and um, and and it follows it follows uh, Nerulkar over a period of say ten years. When I say follows, it doesn't really show us. All those ten years, it's uh, based in two thousand and six, and then two thousand and sixteen. There's a time, uh, there's a timeline jump uh, midway through the film, and um, yes, it, the specifics of the film are limited to that. Of course, it's far more universal than that. Uh, it, it's um, it just it basically uh, sort of immerses us into this 
वेरी स्पेसिफिक मुंबई सबकल्चर ऑफ इंडियन क्लासिकल सिंगिंग एंड 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 यू नो इवन आई हैव बीन विटनेस टू इट एवरी नाउ एंड देन नॉट एज बिकॉज आई हैव बीन इंटरेस्टेड बिकॉज आई नो अ लॉट ऑफ पीपल हु हैव लॉन्ग बीन सॉर्ट ऑफ एंथुजियास एंड एंड यू नो um big followers of the indian classical scene in bombay itself so it it gives us a sort of a view into that world uh, most of us are unfamiliar with but that is actually just a medium to say a lot of other things which i will let tanul uh, begin with now yeah <clears throat> so i mean that was the gist of the film i will just start with my sort of overall uh, reactions uh, to it i think one of the great things about the film is and 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 there are many many things to admire in it is is just so i mean it's just so open to interpretation i mean uh, and and that's actually a very basic uh, point that i want to uh, uh, mention right at the start because uh, it's a film in which i mean it the meanings are really like it's there are plenty like plenty of layers that 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 you can sort of like unpeel while uh, while watching and experiencing this film it at one level uh, it's as rahul mentioned it's a story of a young uh, vocalist trying to quote unquote make it in the world of hindustani classical music uh, at the other level it's also so so i mean at one level it's it's a uh, it becomes a film about following your calling what is uh, what are the costs and the sac- sacrifices that an artist um, must or should incur to uh, to reach his true potential uh, realize his true calling so that's one level the second level is this very obvious relationship between a master and well the disciple in this film there are two masters or uh, or probably three so uh, <clears throat> Sharad has a uh, uh, a guru uh, uh, Pandit Vinayak Pradhan is played by Arun Dravid and uh, who has trained him for a really long time he performs with him as well sometimes even uh, uh, gently sort of scolds him on stage saying that uh, this is not uh, the right pitch or this is not the right uh, performance or things like that then there is this another <clears throat> a uh, person called mai uh, she was this really mythic figure in the subculture of indian classical music and sharad's father who also taught him when he was a young kid uh had recorded her tapes uh the series of uh, lectures that she gave i think in 1972 show so i mean often in a very trance like meditative state when he is really lost and confused and trying to really grasp at whatever he can he tunes into her recorded lectures and they are quite something so mitra bhave is acting so so to speak we only hear her i, I was just haunted uh, i was in trance i heard the most intimate yet haunted piece of voice i have probably ever heard in cinema i mean forget hindi or regional or whatever it was just hypnotic to another level so so that's that as well so at the second level uh, it, it becomes a story about a relationship between a master and a disciple uh, the third story i mean you can sort of extrapolate to i mean what does that relationship even mean uh, sometimes it sort of acquires very divine meanings given that and that would may not be very surprising to people who have ever been taught by any teacher in any medium be it physics lectures be it well classical music be it anything right like in college or whatever so then there is that angle to it the and and the fact that he treats them as like uh, paternal uh, figures i mean my is well literally my 
money and uh, uh, the, the, he sort of like pays the bills and all of that uh, for his uh, for his guruji uh, he takes him to the doctors massages his uh, legs and all of that just really takes care uh, of him and the fact that his father was also a a, a, a literal mentor to him gives a really i mean <clears throat> these uh adds a new dimension to not just uh, the psychological profile of of sharad which is with this film beautifully beautifully teases out uh so that becomes then another uh, angle to the film and then what happens if your gurus or if your parents or you know people that you you looked up to were really not the people that uh, they uh, that you thought you were they were what happens then uh, where does that disconnect lead you to so that's that then there is another angle which is about when sharad and this is not a spoiler because we really find out half, around the halfway mark of the film that uh, sharad slowly and if it's a spoiler then tune out for the next 2 minutes sharad finds out that uh, he literally i mean he sorry uh, figuratively sees the world slip uh, from his grasp he sees like other classical singers like him being co-opted by this industry of musical reality shows something based on say indian idol or whatever that show is called fame india in in this so so it it also becomes uh, this really maddening some sort of like a really tunneled vision uh, obsession to 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 hold yourself together and to do justice to your craft and what happens if you cannot what happens if you are just not good enough you know so that's another angle it's just uh, and then it goes on and on and on so uh, so that's my i mean uh, uh, a very brief sort of uh, a take away to begin with actually i don't even know what to talk about to begin with because there is just so much that's happening rahul i'll come to you uh, why don't you just give your initial impressions or whatever i have uh, bossed it up yeah. slightly i think but yeah there's just so much i think maybe we can go into more granular details as as we uh, 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 speak but yeah i mean go ahead with anything that struck you and then perhaps we can start going deeper into the film i suppose yeah i mean um, like for, obviously disciple has so it, i mean the first thought that obviously while watching the film while watching uh, sharad pursued this sense of perfection the sense of greatness uh, that we all believe exists right we believe it exists yeah. because uh, because there is a history to what we do there is a uh, there is a heritage to what we do and our sense of greatness is derived from that it is not derived from what we want to achieve personally it is not derived from what i think we uh, uh, we want to sort of uh, uh, be in the future it is essentially derived from like uh, uh, our sense of where we come, where where our craft comes from where our art comes from where any profession that we do comes from so obviously that that has appealed to such uh, it's terrifying the film in so many ways is terrifying because while as watching it obviously you don't want to be self absorbed enough to know to to sense that oh shit this is uh, more or less our story because you know in a, in a way like whether it's bombay or delhi or uh, any big city in india you and if you're a writer or a journalist or someone in the arts uh, you you have obviously confronted this conflict that sharad goes through day in and day out you know for those 10 or 15 years he's so idealistic in the first part of the film uh, you know he's buying he's he's making sure he's wearing the right clothes on stage he is very worried about his appearance because his father told him that it's part of a performance everything is part of the performance on stage uh, and and you know uh, 
the fact that he's so it really resonates it it really reflects our own journey in how we discover what we want to achieve from what we do as you very rightly even mentioned i think on facebook uh, just like an hour ago so uh, you know for for anyone who has tried to sort of do uh, to achieve perfection in what he does or he or she does and and you know as, as you said it's a remote profession nobody gives a fuck about writing or or indian classical music for uh, for that matter in 2021 very few people do so th- this this appeals at such a this this really cuts clo- so close because of that because of the idealism you see in the first half <clears throat> of the film and then the the almost the resentment and you, you know the, the the sort of you don't want to call it quitting but it's it's just it's it's sort of a, a feeling that we all go through at different points of time when we work on uh, what we do in the second half of the film that uh, sharad conveys and you know it's not just such a uh, such a remarkable sort of change in body language that you know i had to actually check if it was the same actor aditya modak who's also <laughs> a classical yeah. singer himself and it's remarkable because as Uh, you know a uh, uh, filmmaker like chaitanya tamane and it's it's refreshing to see that he does not show this off like most filmmakers yeah. the first thing they would do is sort of really harp on the physical transformation uh, and you know uh, harp on how times have changed and how technology has changed and how sharad is bitter and how you know uh, year it's so matter of factly even when we see meltdown he goes and plays cricket in the middle of oval maidan you know because he just wants to uh, uh, achieve some kind of uh, you know some kind of Uh, uh, release at that point and then we see him sort of dancing in his room which is really not half as dramatic as a lot of other music biopics we tend to see whether fictional or real it doesn't matter but when people when artists tend to sort of lose control and go into a meltdown we really don't see it as a slow burning sort of arc that we uh, that you know that the disciple shows us so for me it was obviously very unnerving as it was for you because tanul you know that me yeah. and you and a lot of our colleagues also in uh, at least our generation of writers we have spent the last 5 or 6 years speaking about these exact things you know whenever we meet yeah. whether it is whether it is with alcohol or without alcohol but most <laughs> of our criticism yeah. like even that scene where you know sharad is uh, speaking about uh, you know he is in the beginning of the film he's selling cds at that hall uh, with with, yeah. with that his Where of his and and someone and the audience come uh, some uh, guy comes to buy a CD and asks if he has a more popular artist and he says no he just scoffs at them saying you know this guy who's playing inside also he used to be a good uh, uh, he used to be a good singer he just sold out to this entire concert racket and me and you <coughs> talk about very often when it comes to our own profession also right like we've yeah, grown yeah. up uh, we've grown up with a whole bunch of uh, uh, film critics and journalists that have been looked up on for years and decades. and suddenly we find ourselves with nobody to really follow and and i feel like the disciple is the kind of film that tells us that is not entirely a bad thing because the disciple technically is a cautionary tale about people who consistently uh, get obsessed with you know history with with heritage and with sort of reverence for the past and that reverence for the past has pissed me off to no end like i i will speak <laughs> on a personal level here like obviously a lot of us um, what we do is you know 
uh, we, we look back on a lot of people and we want to be like them and we want to do what they did so that we can become half of what they become most of the time but that reverence is self defeating especially if you're in the arts because the, you know i've consistently sort of stayed away from the history of say writing or whatever if it was if i was a musician i might have done the same thing too because it, it more often than not i find that it holds me back it doesn't let me think forward it doesn't let me think or define my own voice and that is something that charad is crippled by in this film because he realizes uh, too late into the film obviously bombay uh, enables that transformation bombay forces him uh, for, makes this a race against time so to say and no other city like bombay does that so uh, i mean charad falls prey to that mm-hmm. entire culture of reverence that we have grown up in whether it's with with, uh, with our parents our elders or uh, whether it be in a profession the people that we idolize um, I, i i believe that the, the disciple is a necessary film to watch for a lot of younger people and you know uh, people who are aspiring to do something different than you know uh, what a lot of their uh, you know uh, the entire generation is doing and and for me it was almost cathartic to see that because all our conversation sort of amounted to this film in a way and it was you could sense it was deeply personal even for tamane himself i'm sure because he's our age uh, you know he's 30 34 and yeah. he's gone through something he's grown up in bombay himself so he, he's probably gone through this entire phase of idolizing filmmakers in india or abroad and and you know and the irony is that you know this the mentor so to say of this uh, film was alfonso curon because uh, yeah. because of thing that i mean so Uh, it's it, it obviously comes from such a pure space and such a disarmingly honest space you don't see filmmakers yeah. admit that okay this is what we've gone through and this was bullshit this was wrong we were uh, not wrong but this was you know this was how vulnerable we were and we need to create our own legacy uh, without really uh, fashioning a coming of age happy story so for me yeah obviously as you said so many thoughts running around but this is for me the gist of what the film was about yeah and you know i mean <clears throat> i think terrifying is a very very precise and apart from uh, various other words that we can use to sort of describe our own personal feelings i would uh, terrifying would definitely be one of the one of the few words that i would choose to sort of describe this film for me at a, at a, at a very personal emotional experience because that's what it felt like and uh, and at some point uh, because that's not how uh, it hit me to begin with uh, although i was Uh, i could somehow guess that like you know uh, i was thinking more of a mentor mentee relationship going by the going by just the title i hadn't seen anything else or whatever and and, and so i mean when the whole terrifying thing starts creep up on you it is <laughs> it's a, it's quite something that feeling and the way he structured it i thought that was beautiful and uh, and absolutely i think it's <clears throat> the fact that you know at the <laughs> at the core of it the uh, the film really asks us about you know our relationship and when i say our i mean indian you know and it's just such a distinctly indian film i thought in that regard wherein it just asks us what is our relationship with authority and that authority could be anybody right that could be our parents that could be our teachers that could be i mean even like somebody older in the same profession that you perhaps look up to or things like that and if that person has some sort of power on you uh, just going by uh, uh, if at all there is some sort of a power dynamics in that relationship and in various other kinds of relationships 
that are marked with some sort of power imbalance and 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 things like that so i i i thought it got to the core of that very very beautifully and wonderfully there's something that that also i would like to uh, bring up is is also I, something that i found was so striking was i mean uh, it the film's run time okay so i mean it's a 2 hour 8 minute film i mean the entrance up 5 6 minutes long so if you subtract that it's essentially a 2 hour film but you know it felt like a 3 or a 3 and a half hour film for me it just there mm-hmm. were just so many things and i and i had absolutely zero problems with the pacing absolutely no problem at all i don't know what the word is out there uh i i don't think you had any problems uh with mm-hmm. it either but i i don't think uh, it's it's a problem among critics i don't know if the problem among uh, uh uh viewers or normal audiences who are uh, who are used to watching a slightly uh, more uh who are attuned to a different kind of a speed when it comes to watching films uh, so i don't know about that actually but uh, <clears throat> but for me i just thought that i mean i just wanted the film to keep going i and mm. and that just happens so rarely with me i mean and, and not just indian cinema and all of that just in general when i'm i'm at times I, even when if it's a film that i'm enjoying i sometimes get restless and i think that i think that okay now 20 minutes left 30 minutes left whatever i mean in this film i was just i was just spellbound i i was in a trance i mean you know that the thing of uh um what do you call so terrifying is one word uh, that you use uh, that i said that i would use right to describe this then the second word that comes to my mind is another uh, it's a t word which is transcendence i mean it just i really was in a trance like feeling for for a really long time you know th- there's this so two scenes right there's this one scene which recurs uh, with the same sort of thematic underpinning which is sharad uh, mostly on uh, on a bike the bike is is deliberately mm. filmed in slow motion and all of that whatever and you and you feel the trance kind of a state that uh, state i was uh, there even when there were other scenes and all of that and there's another scene i think in the flashback where his father is talking about like you know this legendary concert and all of that and that concert actually takes place in an open sky with where you can you yeah. know see uh, the the back of a mountain you can see this huge lake then literally all the five elements that are there in the in the frame i i just just thought it was such an enchanting sight not just for that moment i mean so that sight is also a feeling right and and that yeah. feeling coupled with the uh, with the visual of this guy on a bike alone those two uh, visuals and the feeling that they usually generate were the feelings that were imbued uh, uh, in the film and i thought that was really striking or that's not the kind of uh, experience i i i feel even, even while watching very good films across uh, across countries and all of that i thought that was really striking the second thing <coughs> that uh, that i want to talk about is Ah shit! I forgot. There was this one point yeah. that I really wanted to make. Oh, okay, give give me half a minute to think about it. Yeah, it was a good point. I get it. The train, ah. the train of thought is such right now. You must feel a lot like Sharad in the film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to talk about and what to like. Ah, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah there no, was this. Un- like a book. Anyway, things, you 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 go on. Yeah. You go on. I will I will I will pitch in with that thought. It'll yeah, come yeah. to me. I mean, there, there are other things also that I want to talk. 
Uh, yeah, very interesting thing that you mentioned about the film's length, right? The pace of the film. Yeah. Um, which was two hours, which is the first time I actually am aware of a number uh, associated with the length of the film. Because uh, I, I feel like the length, the pace or whatever we want to call it is, honestly, that was the shock value of the film for a lot of us in the sense that uh, we, our minds are sort of attuned to a certain kind of visual um, and say kinetic language, right? When when a film mm. about an artist is being told, right, uh, is is being seen. Uh, when a film about a frustrated artist or an artist who is not achieving his goal uh, day after day, year after year, we our mind is attuned to a certain kind of language because that's what cinema has fed us, right? That is our reverence towards the cinema of art also uh, films about films films about artists films about singers films about rock stars yeah. um, that's one language and i feel like it works on a beautifully meta level only on that because it tests our reverence for you know what what we think this film is supposed to be and it definitely is not that it is in fact such a such a unsettling portrait of who we are day to day of uh, and how yeah. we deal with because we we really don't go to through these dramatic moments of epiphany and transformation and there is no specificity to our change or to our failures or to our successes right it it really is an accumulation of time it, we don't think that okay we've written this piece today and this will elevate us to greatness and tomorrow we will be a great writer it is really yeah. accumulation of years and years and years of doing the same thing again and again which obviously art is such a great it's such a great example of and classical singing more than most because most of our years are not conditioned to this art to this craft and we we can't tell you know uh, uh, one note from the other most of the time so I, i felt like the film beautifully tested that by by being the running length it is and by being uh, by sort of just ambling up along at the pace it was because it was really not putting on any airs it was uh, it was and, and chaitanya tamani has done this before in court obviously you know because see yeah. we've also seen courtroom dramas and how they are supposed to be how hindi cinema how indian cinema has treated courtroom dramas through in the last 50 or 60 years and it is definitely not what tamani uh, I, i mean he's basically returning he's reclaiming cinema he's re- reclaiming the life in cinema with both his films and he's he's reclaiming the fact that uh, cinema is first and foremost inspired by life and while while trying to heighten uh, the dramatic language we somehow lose life in between and that life is yeah. obviously very very obvious in both his films we call it authentic we call it realism we call it oh ye to documentary lag raha hai he is creating what we <laughs> yeah. anyways would have seen in a documentary what is the point of a fictional language like that but that's the whole point right when fiction sort of yeah. transcends its uh, language and looks like non fiction for a reason because you know you're in a courtroom and a courtroom is a fucking bureaucratic process in this country as is yeah. uh, as is trying to be an artist most of the time you know it is fucking yeah. bureaucratic for most of us uh, it is so many loopholes we have to jump through so much politics we have to go through yeah. uh, so much yeah. uh, reverence that we have to suppress so i love the fact that tamane has not changed after that film even though it came 6 years ago even though you know whatever splash it created it's very it's lesser known compared to so many other films about art and courtrooms and and other things and i love the fact that the pace sort of never uh, uh, you know compromised 
uh, when it came to that and and you know for me that was a constant theme that was something i could not get out of my head throughout the film because it's such a startling reminder of who we are and and as you said it question our relationship with our immediate elements around us our uh, and as it turns out in india those elements mostly revolve some kind of relationship about authority and power and and you know reverence and and you know and hindi cinema itself <clears throat> falls uh, to it 100 times because we see each film is a derivation of the previous film of a previous genre yeah, and years mane making a sort of uh, uh, you know portrait of life which which is not it's not supposed to be like that because we think that but it's just it's amazing because and the kind of as you said it just creeps up upon us and he's done this yeah. where where the scenes are the 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 assembly of the scenes are the screenplay not the dialogue not the moments not the yeah. you don't need a dramatic moment you don't need to have this outburst you don't need to like most most filmmakers most storytellers in this world think in terms of writing good scenes but tamane is so secure in the kind of film he is making or the kind of story he wants to tell that he just lets that assembly the sequence sort of tell a story and and forces us to read that sub, uh, you know read the subtext it's it's almost like reading a book uh, of allegories most of the time and there is nothing remarkable when you are watching it there is no stand out moment but in the end the entire film becomes a stand out moment in your life which is great <clears throat> absolutely and uh, i got my chain of thought <laughs> as well yes. so so uh, it's uh, it's actually derived uh, like uh, the spark came to me uh, because you were talking about something and uh, so i mean i think uh, you made a point about you know how it sort of uh, i mean deals with uh, you know these sort of these are inflated declarations in a small subculture like uh, hindustani classical music and what does it mean to sell out and things like that and whatever and i mean you know it's a, it's a very clear right film that uh, that sees through so many things so something that i wanted to ma- um, i want to make a point and again i mean it's probably something that has come to me either today yesterday or something it's definitely not there in my review i did not there were just so many things that i could only capture my immediate thoughts i, I uh, so i mean uh, referring on that <clears throat> i think th- there's something that's again that's very beautiful that's going on in the disciple so i mean uh, and again at a story level you can break down the film say at a, at at three levels if you see it from a angle uh, an angle so first of all there is this beautiful reverence towards the art form itself i mean the way tamhane uh, uh films uh these concerts the way he shows the struggle the way you know you can see the joy of getting a rag right you, you can you can completely understand uh an audience that is totally uh, devoted and performers were devoted to this art form and, and just in the way he assembles the entire ensemble uh so i i thought that was beautiful that you're making uh, <clears throat> something that uh, you're centering a film about something so of course there has to be uh, you know uh, it's great that he has reverence or towards that uh, which becomes again important because he also has uh, so he definitely has reverence towards the art form that's a b he's also smart enough and very cleared eyed to call its various bullshits and myths and hypocrisies also while maintaining that love 
for uh, the medium i thought that was very well done uh, a, a lot of people uh, it's it's not an easy thing to pull off that's one second same at the level of sharad also right i mean at no point i thought that he was making fun of sharad or he was making like or he was putting him down or he was sort of you know not really respecting his uh, ambitions he respects his ambitions he understands his delusions as well he empathizes with his inadequacies he also uh, but he also at times distances himself uh, himself from him and sees him from like uh, a, a, a wide lens and with a deep focus that okay this is whatever this guy is but he's also i mean he has a quote and quote a problem or he's also he he is not able to understand the world he's become a part of or he was never a part of and so i i think it's an amalgamation of these things that i found really beautiful that that you can call you, that you can be very respectful towards something and yet call it shit out and calling it shit out it also happens to be both a part of your narrative and also the theme of the film and it's just so subtly and just so it's it's, it's done in such an unintrusive manner is uh, what i just thought was really mind blowing and uh, so yeah that's the point i wanted to make yeah i'm, I'm I, actually frightened about what would have happened if we actually understood the art form if we actually had <laughs> uh, had an inkling of understanding of how indian classical music is supposed to sound or how singing yeah. uh technicalities of singing is supposed to are supposed to be uh, uh i feel like that was the whole conceit of the film too right like uh, uh, the, i mean sharad's entire sort of being is based on how things are supposed to sound and things are supposed to be like early on in the film one of the first scenes of the film features him in this uh, singing contest right very early on very yeah. actually yeah. got topping to buy like a crisp kurta for and then he is very excited so when he loses na yeah the one he uh-huh. loses you can think that he is yeah. uh, very excited about it his sister has accompanied him and he goes and uh, or his friend i don't know whoever uh, and you know he goes on stage and he starts singing saying you know it's this is it's going to be a high tempo this and you see the judges uh, who are you know your regular neighborhood uncles and aunties you you might meet yeah. on a sunday concert in the other somewhere because that's what they do in the latter part of their life and and you see this very modest crowd there uh, uh which is only family and friends of the participants for all you know uh, so you, and, and then he start singing you know so i obviously I, like you you know i have absolutely no knowledge of the of the art itself yeah. and i can't tell a good note a good raga from a bad one yeah. I, i cannot tell uh, you know what is supposed to sound good what is supposed to not i am the reality yeah. show audience that they actually mock in the film <laughs> that goes yeah same actually, same, same. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what we are we hear a noise like that and we are like oh shit this is a classical singer from rajasthan and she is you know she is uh, using <laughs> yeah. it to sing a ar rahman song man it sounds so good uh, she she has yeah. some depth to her voice that others don't and you can only imagine what purists like sharad exactly. go through when they see her on screen because we've seen it on a very on a lower level we've seen it happen to like lesser writers 100 times right like it's <laughs> the lesser as who actually go up in life become these very popular uh, authors and film critics and journalists and and, th- and we've seen it from this vantage point and then we see it from sharad's and i'm like how yeah. authentic how deep how investigative uh, must tamane have been himself to get that particular level of mediocrity and averageness in his singing in uh, in uh, 
Sharad's music throughout the film yeah. to make not to not only let the purist not question his vision or question his understanding of the art, but also uh, sort of just soothe us to say that okay, this is how Indian classical sounds, but Sharad is still a few levels short of that. And even though I didn't yeah. understand from the sound itself, you understand it from the reactions and from his own the face context, when he sings. Yeah. From the context, Absolutely. because we don't get yeah. it. And, and we see Aditya Modak, who himself is a singer and a chartered accountant yeah. on the side, you know, like singing is that's, on the side. That's yeah. just, that one-liner says everything, you know, singer <laughs> and a chartered accountant, you know, anyway. <laughs> but I mean, exactly. uh, go on. But, uh, but you're absolutely right. And this is something that, and this is something that's so beautiful about this film is that uh, it not just zeroes in on a subculture, it zeroes in on the minutiae of insanity, which we have, of course, like spoken about so many times. And we have made pop dates, uh, the Varsova one rich by, I don't know, like at least a good uh, 30, 40,000 rupees over the two, three years uh, that we used to bang our heads about that, like, what the fuck? And uh, and this whole thing of, uh, it's a very good point that you talk about, you know, uh, when he sees uh, this classical singer sort of like making it uh, through fame, uh, fame India show or something, uh, sorry, like whatever, the, uh, stand in for Indian Idol kind of a reality show, uh, <clears throat> the fame India, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, and you just see, like, that, there are no dialogues, obviously, right? And this guy's obviously a loner, so it's not as if... or And, and it's not a sloppy film that you'll get a voiceover out of somewhere and all of that. He just says nothing. But his just very cold, impassive eyes just says everything. And we have experienced it in our, this thing. Which, again, obviously, film criticism is even, like even more of a niche or or whatever it is i mean i don't know uh, than uh, indian classical music right and and often times i'm sure you would have also thought about i have also thought about that who gives a shit and and obviously that's not the kind of mind space you want to get into but care that's that's a that's a separate thing but but this whole thing of outsiders appreciating something when you have spent years and years and years and years fucking sweating the fuck out of it and when people praise something which you think is ordinary or mediocre uh, that is such a singularly personal feeling it really mm-hmm. and of course it must have happened with you and we've spoken about it and that oh man I love your writing whatever you know I only follow two critics uh, one is you and the other is X X is the film critic you fucking hate and then you're <laughs> like boss you don't even love me who the fuck are you get out of my way you know because then you can really see through the bullshit that people peddle on a day-to-day basis and it's absolutely infuriating. And sometimes you it's, it's a very maddening feeling that like, you know, you really sometimes think that, fuck, dude, am I getting so much into my own head that I will disappear? And that there are times when you think, that, I don't know if it has happened with you, there are times when I've, when I've written a piece. Uh, I'm very happy with it and it just so happens that you know most times we are not happy with what we have written or at least I am uh, and uh, you know whatever but then uh, once in a blue moon uh, it so happens that there's a piece that you you are like man this is good stuff I really liked it and then just somehow six or seven months later when you're doing one of those roundups of your own revision to see mm-hmm. that you know what are the gaps in your writing or what are some of the good things and basically whatever you know being your own master in a sense you fucking chance on that piece and 
it just so happens that it's a really bad piece and you're like <laughs> fuck who am i i can't even fucking evaluate my own work and it also so happens that there was a piece that you didn't care for or nobody read it or people didn't read it much or didn't care for it whatever that's a piece that you discover and you're like man this is pretty good it may not be great or whatever but this is this is pure this is this hits so it's it's crazy also because i mean there is no uh, you know i mean uh, of obviously i mean uh, you can argue that uh, the matrices of achievement in a hindustani classical music are perhaps more um, uh, out there as opposed to a piece of writing because sometimes an off note is really an off note and all of that although obviously as you admitted <laughs> i would also in hindustani classical music perhaps we won't be able to tell our t's from the i's and 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 and, and all of that but still uh so i thought that was that was really very well, well done and it's again i mean it's just one of those things it, it just didn't even occur to me i mean the film is really speaking to me again while i'm talking about it i think that's what uh it will happen in the subsequent months this is one question i want to ask you yeah. especially because you get really emotional even more emotional than me which is great to see it <laughs> on the other end uh, when it comes to that what did you make on two questions one uh, what did you think <laughs> huh i can see where this is heading i know the questions also <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair enough so anyway so uh, what did you make of that music critic character one and the scene and and just like the way it is uh, and guys uh, this is mildly spoiler alert so again tune out for the next 5 minutes or ask tune in after rahul's answer because whatever uh, it's 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 a bit spoiler heavy so i mean what did you make of that scene i thought it was just absolutely great and i love that quality about tamane that he just needs one scene to fucking nail everything that just goes to show at least for me the level of research the level of depth the level of i mean you know you just travel the whole world and then you come home and yeah. then you know it's it's just it's beautiful i mean in court i think for me that stand out scene was the one in which in <clears throat> i think the farmhouse or whatever uh, the uh, the the judge goes na and like they have like this big table and they are talking about like reservations yeah. and all of that and then you are like oh fuck hmm. okay i get it you know whatever just one scene in court one this was that scene in uh, in 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 the disciple uh, for me and uh, so i mean just in general i would like to hear your thoughts about just that scene and all of that the whole music critic coming and talking to sharath the younger sharath uh, that's one second what do you just make of you know i i just had a brief rant about it on twitter just the depiction of critics and all of that in in cinema in general and uh, and yeah so uh, these two are my questions yeah. i mean obviously both questions are uh, very deeply <laughs> uh, related and you know linked together forever and and i was going to ask you just that and it's good you asked me that because then you can take the bait and uh, after this. because okay so obviously that scene even as i you know as i wrote in the review also is like it's by far the defining film at least for uh, de- defining scene of the film for me uh, first of all let's dissect it on a very like on a very sensory level see it comes later into the film okay by now yeah. we already know that sharad has uh, more or less uh, given up on his dream so to say like to put it very blankly and uh, he's sort of uh, going into the whole trappings of life and he, you know because of his obvious refusal to sort of sell out Bye. so we ha huh, Go on. Uh, just one second. By this time, he's he's uh, returned my steps, na. I mean, uh, yeah, he's, to the he's re- he's returned my steps 
uh, and uh, he's already had his bit of a meltdown as far as he goes there and and yeah. you know for a fact that you know he's not going to last too long and so technically this is a flashback and the best part obviously about the flashbacks in this film is the fact that none of them feel like flashbacks even though we see the yeah. father and young and, and you know sharad as a kid in at least three or four scenes which is a which is a yeah. great uh, sort of uh, device of flashbacks but anyways coming back to the scene uh, itself it's one of the very few flashbacks in the second half of the film so obviously there's a reason sharad thinks of this uh, uh, because by now we've already seen him uh, you know taking care of his guru who is already on his deathbed by now right so by now his guru is not so much of a guru and he's more of a very frail human being there's this beautiful scene even before this critic scene to give context to it uh, uh, is, is where sharad is uh, again actually sitting on the terrace and uh, he's listening to mai's uh, uh, voice over he's listening to mai's tapes and mai's tapes then uh, uh, sort of her voice Uh, uh, sort of says what uh, uh, reflects his internal voice right he starts speaking about the things that he's thinking but doesn't dare to uh, admit like yeah. the fact that his father was mediocre and the fact that uh, uh, the father's guru never told him that and the fact that uh, he himself is mediocre and his guru is only sort of humoring him so that the guru has someone to take care of and that is so starkly naked of our relationship with our parents and our elders also in real life right most of the time yeah. uh, and that sort of for me tied into the critic scene where the moral as the critic scene is where uh, first of all sharad a uh, young sharad uh, very idealistic eager sharad like a lot of young filmmakers young artists in bombay come and very you know very eagerly want to meet this uh, veteran critic and writer uh, and that to the greatest part is it's a terrace quarter bar in bombay so mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the, right off the bat you get the setting right you know taman has been here you know he has gone here you know he's been through this all his life so here is this guy uh, meeting a, a, a veteran critic who's obviously senior uh, and who's been doing it for years and <clears throat> and the part about i felt like the best part about this particular scene where the critic starts speaking about all the all the people that uh, uh, sharad has worshiped like his guru my a uh, lot of others uh, I, I, it does not it's in any other film it would have been like an entertainment journalist giving gossip to a filmmaker and breaking his will right that's how it would have sounded here the breaking of will is so silent because this is exactly this is actually a revelation in the film as to where sharad really where his spirit sort of was defeated because the critic is basically more or less like mai's voice over in that scene before we uh, before the before this scene where mai is actually talking about the, the brutal truth and here the critic we hardly see the critic's face throughout the scene sharad reacting to him most of the time and his uh, sort of delusions being absolutely exposed uh, and the fact that the artist reacts in such a damning manner he it the scene ends with sharad sort of throwing uh, his glass of uh, lime juice onto the critic's face uh, uh, because he's absolutely he cannot hear a word against his gurus and against his mai and the critic says some very uh, uh, not unsavory but words that sharad uh, uh, he he spells some he spells out some scenes that sharad really does not want to be aware of it's it's our reaction what if we were to hear Uh, our favorite filmmakers are not good human beings or not 
the people we are that art and artist sort of thing uh, you can see sharad the conflict on sharad's face and i love the fact that the filmmaker feels naked uh, the artist feels naked in this scene and it's the critic is not the villain in this scene the critic is actually a reality check and and you don't see a lot of film that is at least how i read the scene and you don't see a lot of filmmakers like tamane himself who uh, who's probably grown up in this culture of conflict between critics and filmmakers especially in bombay especially in varsova it just it's such a difficult scene to pull off at such a primal level because you are actually seeing the crumbling of an artist uh, based on a few words of a critic Uh, uh and and it tests his reverence it tests his love for the uh, form and that that is the exact scene for me where sharad uh, sort of uh, you know for a fact that sharad is not going to make it in life which was and coming back to your second question about how critics are treated i think there's an answer in the first answer itself because um as you also said i think in uh, in films like bird uh, birdman right and um yeah. in, in in a few other films where critics come as uh, where critics are used as devices of derision because obviously it's a filmmaker yeah. making the film and the viewers watching the film so the critic is the easy fall guy in this whole thing they are mostly used as devices of derision entertainment snobbery uh, a lot of other things and even in that uh, even in that scene uh, even in that film um, chef right like uh, the, yeah. the the english film obviously i yeah. mean it was was used for good easy laughs for entertainment obviously in yeah. the end the critic uh, sort of the chef works for the critic and all but you know you you see uh, the the culture of this inherent conflict between artists and critics or between artists and commentators most of your life and you don't expect a scene like this to hit you where it hurts there's no there's not an ounce of background music through the film most of the time there's not like Uh, yeah. there's not a scene there's not a voice in the scene that tells us okay this is the scene you should be concentrating on because this is a scene where we are actually subverting your perception of a critic and the, his relationship with the filmmaker or with an aspiring artist because the critic doesn't even know what he's doing most of the time while he's speaking he was like okay okay and you know the critic is being objective he maybe he may think that he has that pompousness about him he has that pompousness say yeah. i have seen like i have worked for 30 years i was there when ray was around <laughs> he's that so you know he is like <laughs> let me tell you that okay these people these idols are not who you think they are and we've heard that pompous voice but that does not mean that that does not absolve the filmmaker's idealism at the same time right and that is what the scene really breaks down for me that that it really exposes sharad as this follower of people of this follower of voices follower of greatness and history and not a maker of it and for me that was just a definitive scene and i won't forget it for a long time like i i managed to uh, uh, watch it again and it just it just is one of those moments in the film uh, that is bound to sort of stay with you yeah absolutely and it's just yeah it's i think that scene is also i mean for me it's also by far the best scene and and, and in those 6 minutes lies everything about the film you know it's it's the kernel of the film i i, I thought it was excellent and uh, and while i was watching it for the second time because i wanted to just make a mention of like uh, i i thought there, there was some pretty interesting camera movement in that scene so so i i i just ended up watching that scene again also to be honest i think i just wanted to watch that scene even while i was cranking out my review because i was like you know what i i just i can't i have to watch it again anyway so uh, so i think uh, what really stood out i mean apart from uh, 
everything uh, that you touch upon which is which is which is there obviously it's uh, it's also i mean <clears throat> it just gets really to the heart of what the film is also trying to say without again it, it's i mean sure you have that critic who is uh, he's a bit cocky and all of that but again if you, i think what's really very very beautiful about the scene and and that's so emblematic of the film's most abiding triumph is that nothing comes easy in in that scene or that uh, or that uh, or, or or the entire film itself i mean there's such a beautiful natural rhythm to the scene you know there are i mean <clears throat> they 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 first start talking about something like you know it, it, it's it's just casual chit chat he's asking this guy to like you know just order uh, like uh, order an alcohol or whatever this guy is like no no whatever then he says that okay fine nimbu pani and he's like but thanda nahi so he gets the sense that this 24 year old guy is still caring for his throat and and like whatever singing throat and all of that so there's that happening then i mean it just slowly so i mean when he talks about my he doesn't talk about my directly right like he first talks about uh, some other singer who's also pretty famous in the uh, in 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 the whole uh, indian classical music subculture and and he says that you know uh, uh, he was a she was a mistress uh, before she became famous uh, sorry she was a model before she became famous there's even a photo of a bikini in like one of the magazines she used to do photo shoots and all of that then this one guy kept her as a uh, a, a key for a mistress and all of that and for a second i actually was talking about my you know i think i yeah. missed like uh, reading some subtitles or whatever because yeah also so attuned to watching that okay come to the point come to the point that's just so come to the point filmmaking is just so ingrained in our dna even for people like us who are i mean very very happy to watch all kinds of cinema when given a chance and all of that at film festivals or or even one of those oscar things or whatever uh, <clears throat> but even then i mean you know it's come to the point cinema is the uh, has really become i mean uh, you know it's just become really hard coded in our dna now anyways so 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 for a second i mistook that then i was like no okay he's talking about somebody else and all of that and you know this this is a beautiful cadence to the entire scene and it's so the entire film doesn't look filmed as much as it feels composed i mean you get this lyrical sense of a composition which is very much present in that scene uh, as well so like like even the culmination of that scene where he throws you know lemon water at at this guy's face and all of that that also just doesn't come suddenly he says like you know he even apologizes saying oh shit i did not know that uh, you know when i pradhan was uh, your guru uh, and all of that he's also like borderline apologetic he's also cocky but he's also calling you know these people's shit out so i <coughs> i thought that and that that guy was friend fantastic i mean this is the beauty of casting non actors you know i mean the the faces are so fresh there is such distinctive energy to him like that guy he just has such a quintessential bombay face i mean i'm sure there are many yeah. quintessential bombay <laughs> bombay faces but if you know what i mean you know yeah. it's just <laughs> this sort of like a late 50s uncle <laughs> with this yeah. belly pressing against his t-shirt i mean we have all seen those people <laughs> perhaps not so much as art critics uh, music critics but but that's the beauty it's just it's just such a beautiful marriage of these two contrasting uh, conceptions of people that we have in our heads Anyway, so it just and, and the guy acted really well. You know something also, 
uh was interesting to me while i was watching the scene again uh, and as i told you right like i wanted to notice the camera movement and you also <clears throat> talk about that in your review that like you know uh the uh, the way the camera pushes in and uh, and a few people have also talked about it. it's it's really very distinctive about about the 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 way this film sort of like really captures uh sharad almost literally yeah. is that the way camera pinches in slowly and you know you you understand who this person is and you also understand what this person is seeing and feeling and again without using one line of or a word of dialogue anyway so i started watching uh, the scene i've already seen the film and everything and i'm 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 just watching the scene again just to focus on the camera movement and all of that and also just to see how the scene was uh, you know uh, staged and all of that <clears throat> and man i got so so at the start of the film uh, sorry at the start of the scene i see that you can see the back of the critics's head right and because the camera is really close to him and all of that and whatever and i was like acha theek hai this is uh, this is not tamhane's uh, usual style of framing a conversation and all of that and and uh, and but after that i forgot i got so engrossed in the scene that three or four minutes later i'm like oh shit i can no longer see the back of the the critics's head in fact the critic is not even present in the frame who is present in the frame just sharad yeah. i thought that was just like so much mastery dude at such level yeah. i mean people can also say that i'm making a big deal of such a small thing but i don't think it's a small thing precisely because this kind of language persists throughout the film you know yeah. there are scenes when you know he starts from some sort of a wide shot and all uh, all of that and this camera movement is so subtle so unintrusive but yet you are just there with that guy without making any i mean you a cry about it and all of that and and there is one thing i i want to uh, just mention uh, something i was talking about like the pacing of the film and all of that i think one of the and i would like to hear uh, your thoughts on it and just in general anything else that um, that struck you uh, is that i think one of the most beautiful compliments to the film i think obviously i mean comes from Alfonso Cuarón, and he told. I was reading it in an interview. I think uh, he told the Tamhane after watching the film that this film has the rhythm of a tanpura, you know. And I just, I could again, I could just very instinctively get it without obviously having much knowledge about uh, Indian classical music and things like that. But it, it just has such a serene uh, rhythm, tempo to it. Nothing is hurried. It says so much, and it. just again clocks into us something i mentioned at the start of this what did you make of that i mean and anything else that you want to add and uh, yeah. and yeah i mean yeah again like i didn't know about that quote and yeah it makes absolute sense as as you know i mentioned before i have no idea of how a tanpura is supposed to sound we only heard <laughs> it in context of um, music in in context of a greater yeah. uh, sort of symphony of uh, of instruments so um but i can only imagine that the when you know the rhythm of a tanpura is that exactly right that that it really is not uh, uh aiming to sort of um blow you away while it's happening but the it's the whole more than the parts that really take you apart by the end of hearing or watching the film and and that's what so uh that that's what i could not get over throughout the film while watching it i was like why in the world did chaitanya tamane choose this absolutely esoteric world of indian yeah. classic singing to tell his story to tell a personal as fuck story about an artist because 
there are so there are so many artist stories that use uh, quote unquote easier forms of art right to making tell the films story. making films Make, would have been just a very obvious like you know peg yeah it yeah. would have been such a obvious and crowd pleasing and and, yeah. and you know like seen hundreds of films even the legends themselves make films about films yeah. and then come on their own life and uh, that, and that's what really yeah. makes uh, you know tamane stand out because he used a court to tell a certain story a different kind of personal story uh, in you know in court and and here he's choosing like such a difficult world uh, accessibility wise and himself first diving into that and then daring to put it out there in front of like not only a world of us uninitiated ears but also like the people who are heavily into uh, the art form and none of us have a problem with it because and that's the beauty of it because we are now looking at classical singing saying like okay shit this is the same thing that we go through so there is really on on the surface no difference Uh, uh irrespective of what medium he chooses and and for me that that really is a, a beautiful thing and 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 even in that critic scene that we've talked about already that you mentioned the way he composes that scene uh, and you didn't realize that the camera had already closed in on to his face by the end of the scene mm. uh i mean if you think about it even the rhythm of the exchange of the, the conversation between both of them yeah. where you could in another world in another film that scene is actually a fight sequence where like it's a boxing <laughs> yeah. sequence almost where one person it's a it's a it two people in a ring where been like okay don't piss me off okay uh, you know come at me uh, say it again say it again you know in the end you felt the third person on that table who was obviously uh, the guy with sharad uh, the the sharad employer at that point saying okay please don't say this it's his guru uh, maybe he was trying to change the topic desperately he said like do not and he was a referee and he was a ref- <laughs> it's it's, it's, so it's a bit like a rest- yeah wrestling and like boxing right do not yeah. hit below yeah, yeah. not yeah, hit below yeah, exactly keep it fair yeah, please yeah, put sense that rhythm and to 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 think of like a boxing scene or a, or a wrestling scene while watching two people talk at a quarter bar in bombay is quite something because you know not talking many... about indian classical music about indian classical on top of it and people <laughs> people and things we do not know about at all so that just that composition gives you the blood rush of watching a fight scene is something of watching a hand combat scene is really something because by the end you sharad is like okay hurt me let me see how much it hurts and that <laughs> yeah you know it's like rocky balboa fucking coming again and again and then finally losing it and getting disqualified and he gets disqualified technically from his you know from yeah. his from his own career which is a great thing and 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 uh, yeah i mean like obviously as you said like uh, and i just have to also which i did not uh, sort of mention in the review that you know the late sumitra bhave's voice over and it is one of the greatest oh voice over oh my I god see. <laughs> like it really is because and it i'm glad you mentioned it because it totally skipped my mind because there are so many other things i want to talk about in a film or write about and and her and of course in no small measure due to the yeah. fact that she was alive only 3 weeks ago you know uh, it, it's yeah. also, it's also like it, it just the the crack the, the the very ancient cracking of the voice this is exactly how yeah. you how you imagine an ancient teacher sounds that we hear in yeah. our heads or we imagine when we watch when we read a book you know about like these ancient traditions and teaching this is it is such a and it is rendered also so well the sound design is so beautiful yeah. that it makes yeah. it voice res, uh, reverb 
it gives it a perfect amount of reverb without letting the scene sort of really overwhelm it and that really is like uh, and I, and i a lot of people know i'm just i, I hate voice overs in films i absolutely hate it <laughs> the yeah, fact yeah. you know the fact that this really isn't a narration it is part of the protagonist's mind it is part of his yeah. personality part of his mindset is such a beautiful thing you don't often see that happen you you don't you hear the voice over in a protagonist head and it's his own voice or it's here it's it's his reaction to a voice that he has grown up with and he he is very zealously keeping to himself because when his girlfriend asked about the tapes he said oh maybe it must have happened i don't have those tapes my father may have recorded them but i've never heard them so you know he's he's keeping it a secret like most of us would you know if we are uh, almost toxically ambitious right if we want something more yeah. than the other we will not want the other person like two freelancers sort of pitching for the same piece they were like oh no 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 i <laughs> yeah. ஒருத்தர்ஸ்பெரேஷன்ஸ்பெரேஷன்ஸ்பெரேஷன்ஸ்பெரேஷன்ஸ்பெரேஷன்ஸ்பெரேஷன்ஸ்பெரேஷன்
taking some of the, uh, his old steam off and be like, okay, okay. I think I mean, this in, is also what it can be about. Yeah, in in that case, it's probably the best lightweight I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I mean, uh, I think we should also uh, like yeah, as you said, uh, towards the end of the year, whatever. Perhaps we'll have a different thing to talk about. Also, I mean, to people who are listening, I don't know. Uh, perhaps this was uh, a, I don't know, a rambling conversation and all of that. But let me assure you, I I'm sure there are many things that I wanted to touch upon, but I could not. It just slipped my mind and all of that. But it it is that sort of a film. uh but yeah i mean maybe uh sometime later we can sort of uh get on to this again but yeah i mean uh to uh, before we sign off it i just really felt happy in a really long time the last time something made me this happy was cam 1992 it was a different subject and all of that but it just happens so rarely that this a piece of cinema or a web series or whatever it is a piece of fictional drama just makes you happy in such a such a whole hearted way it's, it's, it's just a very beautiful feeling Yeah, I remember, and, and you know, Scam ninety two was such a fun sort of because I I could sense us uh, getting more excited than the filmmakers themselves throughout that conversation, <laughs> which, was, which is yeah. such a rare thing because I don't think it happens more than once a year, and and I'm glad yeah. it's happened with a film, you know, because with a series, obviously, ten episodes is bound to immerse you far more on a technical or a physical level, and with a two hour film that is able to do. Uh, uh that is able to welcome you into its universe and then uh, sort of include you without being really uh, uh, uh you know over judgmental about who you are and where you come from whether you understand what it's talking about is a great achievement and i you know as you very rightly said the the best part about rambling about something you love is something or the other always falls out you know in these pieces that we yeah. try to put together. and and you know i i've really obviously even learned a lot in this last one hour while talking about the film because i am pretty sure i'd want mm-hmm. to write about the film in another uh, capacity again maybe as a column maybe as an essay because it depends on what we yeah. go through in a particular week if we are particularly frustrated i might feel like sharad one day and decide to write like <laughs> about disciple on uh, through another gaze so you know it's that kind of thing where you want to just keep learning and keep talking to people about how they have been affected by something that is obviously transcended the medium of cinema and singing and music uh, and it's very interesting because i suspect that people like us people at our age at least film critics or journalists at our age will be more uh, spiritually affected by this film than a lot say in their 50s or 60s i i just suspect that's going to be the case with people uh, in india itself because that is exactly the generation it is representing and it is actually the conflict between new and old it actually tries to snapshot is exactly uh, uh, what i'm even what i'm referring to because uh, that's exactly the veneration the 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 reverence that is so obviously like uh, you know created in our culture whether it's film or whether it's music is is such a big part of Uh, our relationship with the film too so yeah so on that note like i, I think it's a, it's it's a good time to sign off with this hopefully we'll <clears throat> get back i think within a week or so to maybe talk about ivana year's new film milestone which releases on yeah. netflix uh, meel patthar which releases on netflix next week uh, that should be another interesting conversation but till then uh, let's soak in uh, to uh, the disciple and uh, and for all uh, those of you who have listened to podcast Uh, you can go onto our Spotify page or onto the website itself, IndiaIndependentFilms.com, and listen to 
rest of the podcast that we we try to do at least two or three a month so uh, i i hope you have enjoyed that and we'll be back soon tanul thanks a lot for joining me and i'm sure we'll be back talking Thank about you. the disciples yeah for sure